Everyone knows how to play poker. 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 But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. Poker. This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts, Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. And thanks for joining us on another edition of Poker Action Line. Big Dave Lemon, Joe Rodriguez, and our producer, Gio. Always a big part of the show. Makes us sound great. Well, I don't know about great. Huh? Makes, us sound, makes us sound great <laughs> and, and looks up a bunch of stuff when we're not 100% sure. Yeah, exactly. Which is a lot of the time. But uh, any, any, uh, any bad sound is Strictly the responsibility of uh, Dave and Joe. <laughs> Any, Absolutely. Anyway, uh, Absolutely. Let's, let's get into tonight's show. A lot of stuff happening, including uh, big news out of Pennsylvania, where online poker started on Monday. Uh, they opened uh, a couple different places. Uh, poker Stars is, was the first one to get things going, and uh, it was just a soft launch. Playing, uh, allowing people on Monday to download the software and play online between 2 in the afternoon and 10 at night, and then also on Tuesday from 2 p.m. to midnight. And as long as everything goes smoothly, they'll be fully live in Pennsylvania on November the 6th, which is uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow, yeah. So uh, it took, lo- took more than two years uh, from the time it was signed into law. But uh, finally, they're getting their opportunity now, and it's only uh, self-contained uh, players in Pennsylvania. You have to, there's no commingling. Uh, you have to be in the state, obviously, to play in the state. And uh, I guess so far, from what I've heard, things have gone pretty well. So uh, uh, I don't know why it took so long. I guess uh, a lot of work on... Politicians, the, well, in one word, politicians. That's part of it, but uh, a lot of it has to do, I think, also with uh, the protections uh, for the players, uh, making sure everything runs you smoothly on that. You don't think they could have gotten that done yeah. in a year's time? I guess. You know, that uh, this was all politicking, trying to see who's going to pay the most amount of money for whatever, you know. Back in April, they said it would, they would be online by July 15th, so it took an extra couple of months. Uh, they did open some online casinos, first of all, right around that uh, July 15th, and that's where the money so, is, obviously. So the concern wasn't there for, for uh, young people playing that either? Uh, the first three, by the way, they put the Poker Stars uh, uh, connection is with Mount Airy Casino, and then they also have licenses granted to uh, Harrah's in Philadelphia and uh, the Parks Casino. So... Um, one thing I was surprised uh, is that Pennsylvania is, is actually, in 2018, the second largest gaming market in the country behind Nevada. I mean, wow. higher than New you Jersey. in revenue? Yeah. Well, it's a lar- much larger state. You know, they've had those casinos now for a while there, so it doesn't surprise me. I'm sure, I don't know if Parks is number one. But uh, it, 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 if it isn't, I bet you it's number two in that state. I was up there. I flew into Philly uh, to do a game with ESPN. Uh, How does it look? Uh, it was off the highway, so I didn't exactly see it, but I went right by the exit uh, on the oh, way so from Philly to New Jersey. No, I didn't go in. It was uh, When I went by there, it was uh, uh, 5 All in the morning. All I know is they made a dent in the AC market. That's yeah, for damn sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, or, I'm sorry, $3.25 billion in revenue. Um, 
according all, to the American Gaming Association in 2018. Uh, yes. Well, uh, that might that might actually explain why they took so long to get all of this, uh, all their ducks in a row, I guess, to get poker up in two years. Right, uh, right. You know, make sure they do it right, being that they are generating this much income from the brick and mortars. And are they also doing sports betting now, too, and everything there? I don't know Have that. Have they voted on that? No, I, because I, we know how how huge that's been for the state of New Jersey. Right. With the revenue they're producing I there. I don't believe they have sports betting yet, but uh, uh, they did earn uh, $3.25 billion in revenue, and the state got $1.4 billion of that. Remember how late, how big the uh, taxation rate was? Yeah, well... Which was a big problem at first. Well, same here. Remember, it used to be uh, Jeb Bush signed it because... He was so dead set against casinos, and the, the you know in the state of Florida, he couldn't believe it passed. He took him a lot longer than it should have to set up a, a, a pact. And when he signed it, it was 50 percent. That's when the people who owned the um, the Borgata and uh, not the is it the Borgata? Yeah. Uh, you know this, they had bought it. I remember everyone talking, and you'll forgive me. I know you still work at Dania, but the gentleman, the single owner who owned uh, Dania. And sold it to um, what's what's the name of that corporation? Um, um, Boyd Gaming. Boyd Gaming. Excuse yeah. me, Steve guys. Snyder. You're talking Oops, about Boyd Gaming. Yeah, and everyone said, "Oh my God, what an idiot!" You know, he just gave up a mint to print money, and this that, and the other. And then as soon as Boyd Gaming found out it was fifty percent, they 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 just cut loose with this property. They, they well, they had it, it quite a while. They, uh, you know, yeah, they couldn't but, make but it go they, really, and they, sold it they to they the Argentines. They didn't want to put the money into it. They said, "I remember reading an article and talking to people who were involved in it." that with what they wanted to do and the amount of money that they wanted to invest in, you know, that corporation could have probably have given the Hard Rock, especially at that time, a, a real run for their money with the property that they owned there. You know how big that is. There. Yeah. Um, you know, but they said that whatever plans they had at 50% tax on, on, the, on the slot machines would have taken them over 20 years just to break even. Well, even when Boyd was uh, selling, uh, I remember some early plans uh, that they ran past the uh, city government in Dania Beach. Uh, had a hotel being built in the of back corner course. of that parking lot and all kinds of things. And uh, none of that has really come No, because at a 50% tax prior, this is before you take out your, your, your expenses, obviously. Well, it's been 35 for quite a while. Well, I don't, right. It started but, at 50. But, but, it, they, but it took a few years for them to yeah. drop it, and they just didn't want to wait, didn't want to sit on that property. And, uh, you know, they I believe they took a substantial loss to sell yes. that property. Yes, So, um, you know... Uh, 35% is still an extremely steep tax, but one you can at least live with a little bit, you know, compared yeah. to 50% before expenses. Can you imagine that? Well, I won't say anything bad about Boyd Gaming. I had a no. nice deal there. I was only working part-time at High Lie, uh, announcing one day a week, and they promised everybody if they stuck around uh, till the sale was completed, everyone would get a check for $3,000. And were they good to and their word? And they were good to their word. And I was only working one day a week, and I got the same as the full-time people. Well, so and I was like happy I said, with that. my problem wasn't with board gaming. I think they, you know, it was wonderful that they came in there trying to make this something else. It was just, you know, our our beloved governor back then, uh, yeah. <laughs> who who decided to, you know, in my opinion, when voters voted for different things that he liked, he didn't have any problem getting a move on it when he didn't like it. Uh, you know, he seemed to drag his feet in the mud. So anyway, uh, Pennsylvania online now, the fourth state to have online poker. And uh, Nevada doesn't have any online casinos, but the other three states do. 
Uh, sports betting is kind of hit and miss. About ten states now, I think, have sports betting. So that's uh, getting bigger. Well, on my last trip to New Orleans, I know New Orleans has it. I know Mississippi has it because we stayed over there. Um, obviously, New Jersey. I don't know how they're doing because I haven't been up there since, you know, because I know what I said, FanDuel. Well, they're and, doing and great with the, with the FanDuel sports betting. FanDuel and all big, of that where they're numbers. betting. Yeah, I mean, they're doing unbelievable Yeah, they're numbers. doing huge numbers. That's why I can't believe that, uh, you know, that Pennsylvania is going to take very long to approve yeah. that. Yeah, they'll get that taken care of. That'll be next. Anyway, uh, let's uh, give you a couple of results here. Several tournaments just finished. Uh, I want to mention the uh, World Series of Poker Europe. Um as uh, they well, finished the main event. And before just you tell me, because okay. I haven't acted on it, but I'm going to ask you. I remember we were talking about Player of the Year Award, and yep. Daniel Negrano, all of a sudden on our last show a little over a week ago, uh, had it's taken, taken the, the lead. lead. Um, now, when you told me that, I didn't think he had a shot going into this, but uh, I'm really hoping that he held on. Well, he did. Yes. He is the player of the year. And it's the third time he's won it. I uh, looked it up. He uh, won in 2013 and 2004. Uh, Sean Deeb had the best chance of the final players to uh, take the title away from Daniel. He uh, was in the Colossus and made it to the final day. And uh, he was third in chips on the final day. Uh, he needed a fifth place finish to pass Daniel. But he got. He, there were 11 players back left when they got back, and he was the first one knocked out of the oh, 11 players. Oh, wow. So. He, he had it within shooting distance, as they say. Yeah, he was he was right there. But, um, but he ends still up a hell of a feat by Daniel to come back from third. Because yeah, for sure. The guy in second, was it the guy in second was the one who Robert started, Campbell, yeah. Wasn't he the one who started off really hot? Yeah, he had and a couple over, of wins. he overtook uh, Sean Deebs. Yeah, he had a couple right of wins away. in the mixed games. He's a real good mixed game player, but... Anyway, they went to the Colossus, which was the final event. Uh, we'll give you the main event in just a second. But the winner of the final event, the 550 Colossus, which had tons of uh, opening days, kind of started off slow. Uh, I know, I think there was nine opening sessions. Wow. The first seven. Were they doing two a day? They were, just, yeah. I think they were doing two a day. Two a day? Uh, but they, uh, they started off, they only had like 1,300 players, I think, uh, after the first seven sessions. And then they had... Another thirteen hundred in the last two to, to so make a big day. So twenty six hundred, something like that. Not, and not quite the uh, twenty seven thirty eight. Twenty seven thirty eight. Not quite the numbers we pulled down here, right? No, that's true. Uh, the prize pool was one point three million euros, and uh, they they had a big cash out on day two. Uh, Three hundred thirteen players that made it to day two, and then the final day was the. Uh, uh, the final 11. So uh, the winner was uh, Elkie Grospellier, who has been him. a while for he, since he uh, won a big tournament. But as far as I can remember, uh, Abraham Diana from Israel was second, and Marian Kubis of Slovakia was third. Looking down the list, the and only other Elke, one. What did Elkie pick up Elke for first place? Elkie picked up, uh, it was 190,000 euros, 213,000 in American money. Wow, that's a small price pool for first place. Didn't you say they generated? Well, I think they played, paid pretty deep. Because that's about 10%, yeah, right? A little yeah. more, a little less about, than no, 10%? No, it's about, about 15. What, what was the... 1.3 million. 1.3, and he got 190. Yeah, so 15%. But uh, he was the winner. Uh, and at one point, with about five players left, he was almost knocked out. But then he doubled up two times in a row. And uh, came right back and took the lead, and uh, he ends up winning. But uh, 
he was the winner of that one. The winner of the main event was uh, a fellow named Jeffrey Hum, who is from uh, Canada, Halifax, Nova Scotia. He uh, that was uh, five hundred thousand Canadian or three hundred eighty thousand American money. Uh, uh, Adedapo Ajayi was second. Joseph Chong took third place in the, in that uh, main event. Michael Watson fourth. Kristen Bicknell, who is uh, looking to try to win the uh, GPI Women Women's Women's Player of the Year for the third straight year. She finished in fifth. Martin Jacobson was also at the final table, the former Another uh, main, event. main event winner. And uh, Kelly Minkin was seventh. So he had two women at the uh, unofficial final good. table. Mike Lee good, finished good, good. ninth. So uh, that's pretty interesting as well. Uh, maybe we'll get to a couple of hands a little, little bit later. But uh, uh, a lot of big names played in this one. This was, oh, I'm sorry, that's not the main event. This was the Montreal main event. Forget what I said. No, I was wondering why you were mentioning Canadian <laughs> money. Uh, I was yeah, going, exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'll get to the main event of the World Series Poker Europe, but uh, that was the that was the Montreal WPT event. I, I had that completely backwards. Uh, some of the other uh, deep finishers included uh, Jerry Wong, local down here, Kitty Kuo, Christian Harder, uh, Ari Engel, Matt Salzberg were all in the top 60. Muckle Pahuja uh, finished 79th. Jeff Gross was 102nd, and Mike Sexton made it to 138th. So uh, uh, that was the WPT. And just to give you the uh, the final one, which is the uh, World Series of Poker Europe main event, uh, that was won by, and I don't have all my paperwork straight here, uh, Coronitis, I think his name was. Anyway. Well, we'll have to take a break and give it to you when we get back. We are coming up on a break, so we will take that, and I will clear up all that uh, falderall when we return. Uh, you're listening to Poker Action Line. We hope you stick around. Uh, a lot of things to talk about tonight, and we will get to some of that when we come back. Thanks for being with us, and we hope you'll stick with us. This is Poker Action Line. This is Big Dave for PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Want to know what's really cool? Your charitable tax-deductible donation every time you play. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com, the feel-good gateway to fun and prizes. Play free. Learn our system. Get 50,000 free chips and play for prizes. Play for scholarships that benefit Caribbean students. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Take it from Big Dave. A win for you is a donation to Caribbean education. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. It may be hard to believe, but people just like you are already saving money. FeedThePig.org makes it easy. Their simple savings plan teaches you how to start saving without going overboard. So you don't need to mooch off your friends. You gonna finish that grape? You mean the one in my mouth? You don't need to stop buying the necessities. What you're smelling is a natural musk. Ew. You don't need to be a medical test subject. How do you feel? Mostly okay. I... <laughs> Sometimes, though. <laughs> You don't need to get a second job as a stuntman. We need a new stuntman. Let's break for lunch. You just need an internet connection. Don't get left behind. Start your personal savings plan with the tips and tools on feedthepig.org. That way, you don't need to sell your soul to the devil. Fifteen bucks is the best I can do. All right, deal. 
Brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. Android and iPhone users, download the WFO Radio app. It's sports radio for racing fans. Thank you, I appreciate it. The ultimate, ultimate racing, racing, show, racing show, including WFO Radio NHRA Nitro, WFO Radio Ignition, the WFO Radio NASCAR Tailgate Party, news, videos, push notifications, and more. I just hope I'm part of it. Go to the App Store or Android Market, search WFO Radio, and download it now. 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 Okay, it's amazing what a minute will do, uh, <laughs> or two minutes will do. Uh, uh, the winner of the uh, World Series of Poker of Europe was uh, Alexandros Colonius. Colonius. Um, easy to understand why I may not have been able to remember that, but... Uh, he defeated uh, Klaus uh, Segabrecht in head-to-head play. But the interesting players at the final table were the third and fourth place finishers. Anthony Zeno finished in third. I had a great uh, series over there. And uh, fourth place went to Dario San Martino. Another November Niner, right? Who finished second in World Series of Poker Las Vegas and finishes uh, fourth in World Series of Poker Europe main event. So that's pretty pretty impressive uh, Julian Martini, uh, who led a good portion of the early part of the th- of the uh, tournament, finished in seventh. Um, but uh, I don't know. The, the you don't follow a lot of this stuff really closely anyway. So when there's a bunch of European players that that you had have never heard of, I have of. a tough time following when it's here. So let alone in Europe. Yeah. My interest was solely on Daniel Negrano. Uh, Sean Deeb would have been nice if he had won too, but you know, at the end of our show last week, you mentioned when you were checking up the, some of the score, uh, some of the you know statistics on that on the WSOP Europe that you know Daniel had taken the lead, so that piqued my interest because I'm a big Daniel Negrano fan, but uh, otherwise, like I said. <laughs> <laughs> unless I'm in the tournament, it. unless I'm in the tournament, or somebody I know uh, is in the tournament, I'm, that's that's not my cup of tea, so I hear to speak. So I hear you, Alex Foxen, uh, one of the other big American names over there, finished 26th, and David O.D.B. Baker was 12th. So uh, that's how that finished it up over there. And Negranu, uh, extremely happy. Uh, you know, was on Twitter and talking about some of the things uh, that he felt. And he said, obviously, there's no cash prize for it, but he said, poker is my passion. It's a and pride thing now with him, you know. He said, the title is the achievement and acknowledgement of a lot of hard work, long, grueling days against top competition. And think about it. He's already a Hall of Famer, you know. So he, he didn't need to add this to his resume other than for, for pride and for the hard work, like he said, that he put into it. And, you know, the competitive nature that, that poker players have, that he has because he's such a great player, you know, that, hey, <laughs> I still have it. I can still win, you know, player of the year. And think about it. What was it, 15 years in between uh, his first and his third? Yeah. And in between there, what, 11 between first and the second one? You know, it, it just lets you know what a great, great player Daniel Negrano is, that he's been able to maintain a high level of play and and success. So yeah, he he didn't win a bracelet this year in uh, in Vegas or in uh, Rosvedov, but he had uh, two second place finishes and won over 2.2 million dollars, cashing 24 times. 
Good for him. He's he's outstanding. And in true uh, in true fashion, true Negreanu fashion, he uh, went went to Twitter and kind of uh, talked about what needs to be done to tweak the uh, the whole system, which he found some things wrong. He said uh, he said you should be kind of charged for your re-entries. He said if you have a tournament where you make 320 points and you entered four times, you should only get 80 points, uh, which makes sense. He says, here's the way he would fix it. He said, limit the caches that count to 12. Uh, make min caches worth close to nothing. Increase the points for top 20, 27, uh, final three tables. Uh, increase the points for final tables, but decrease the points for the WSOP main event final table. Uh, he said the quality is more important than quantity. So, and, and I've always believed that you know when you're talking about player of the year, the way they have this set up, this is strictly going to be for high-end players, you know, people who who have the means or the backing to travel to you know to to all these places um, and play in these things. Like he said, you know, the smaller tournaments should have very little points. I believe for the longest time that they should have two players of the year. Those that play in 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 those stratosphere tournaments that earn all these high points and you know can do all of this and you know the every the everyday average Joe uh, poker player who happens to just be successful in one or two tournaments because he or she can't take off work and right. travel around the country or the world to to play in these tournaments, you know. Um, and recognize some of those people also because they're never going to challenge some you know even if you and I dropped everything right now and had an influx of cash and we decided hey we're going to give it a shot you know we're not going to be able to match these levels here we we have a, we would not have been playing at it at that type of level of competitiveness or you know in my case with a family not be able to get to all these places and you know again it, this is a tremendous accomplishment for Daniel Negrano yeah, especially coming back in the last you know big tournament to 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 be able to overtake first and second place and to win his third player of the year award that's just right. phenomenal but it is you know outside of other top names and those gentlemen that were fighting him Sean Deeb we known as a top world-class poker player for many years, you know, regular Joes are just never going to have a shot at that. Right. So I believe if they split that up into the, the average Joe player of the year uh, award and, and, and for the big guys, uh, it would be very interesting for the the common poker player, poker listener, to, to take a little more interest in it. Yeah. No, I agree. Um Again, you know, some people are really into their fans. Uh, you know, people are still following Phil Ivey, and when he does anything, people get really excited. Yes, a lot of and people Phil Hellmuth and, and, and stuff like that. Um, you know, we do know because obviously when uh, when the when that you know what hit the fan, you know, uh, Chris Ferguson hasn't had the same following. We don't even hear of Howard Letterer that much anymore. You know, these were guys that were pretty much revered in the poker world right. until until uh, the full tilt scandal you know uh came aboard and Phil Ivey went in the opposite direction of where he was accusing them of you know you know misleading him 
And now Phil Ivey faces his own thing with his own cheating scandals that have have become, you know, right. you know, from from London, Atlantic City, uh, having earnings uh, garnished uh, like like an IRS thing. So. I don't know how innocent he really was in all of the full tilt thing. Right. If he's constantly getting into all these problems, and I got to admit, Phil Ivey probably was very close to the Daniel Negrano, you know, fanfare, you know, at the height of his success. Well, one of the things when I think about some of that uh, and the responsibility of the people who were involved, you know, uh, the professor Howard Letterer and uh, a lot of other people that were involved in that, Jesus Ferguson. Uh, I think about the uh, other side, which was uh, Ultimate Bet, uh, Absolute Poker, and some of that. They were involved in a scandal as well. But yeah, Phil uh, Helmuth, Helmuth and uh, what's and, her name, and Annie, and Annie, Annie Dukes Duke. did not did not come out did not come out with any stench on them from not really. From this. Uh, not pretty, like pretty not, Teflon. Uh, yeah, involved. exactly. Nothing stuck to them. The but they were able that. to pin a lot of that cheating and stuff on that Russ Hamilton. So exact. Well, you know, listen. Of course, a lot of those people never got paid back when they shut down. Exactly, because most of the full tilt people got, you know, made Eventually whole. Eventually got most of their money. Yeah, you know, uh, for the most part got made whole uh, thanks to poker stars. Right. Um, and and everything else. But, uh, you know, your reputation is completely shot. You know, uh, Chris Ferguson has had, because he, didn't he, he was in, did he win player of the year last year? Uh, the year before. Or the year before, coming off of this scandal after right. a few years down. I've mentioned many times on this show that we've been doing now for close to ten years, nine and a half years. How much I loved Howard Letterer and and reading, and how I believe he's made me, he made me a lot better poker player, and as I'm sure countless thousands others. He did not survive that whole deal. No, no, really, you know. And and like you said, he did come back and play a couple times. At he the did, SOP, but, but not you know, only a couple. You know, he didn't like the way he was treated. And deservedly so. Uh, treated deservedly Listen, so. Listen, if a lot you of didn't people. do anything wrong, that him and and Chris Ferguson, along with somebody else, I can't remember the name, you know, had to forfeit a lot of personal property, right. money, you know, I guess to make pay fines, whatever, whatever it was, you know. And um, again, if you weren't personally responsible for that, you know, that that he. He was too involved in that situation that everyone thinks he may have turned a blind eye to it if he wasn't just personally profiting from this and not asking questions. You know, David, it's real nice to get all that money in there, but eventually, you know, someone as intelligent as both of those two gentlemen are, okay, you don't get to be world-class top poker players and as Chris Ferguson's, you know, uh, winning a main event without being an for the most part, a very intelligent man and maintaining yourself at that level for so many years right. without having an inkling of what the hell was going on, you know, over there at full tilt. And, you know, like you said, deservedly so or not, you know, they've, they've paid a very steep price, those two. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, you know, it's, uh, life goes on. It was a, it was a dark chapter. In online poker, and uh, and it sucks for me because, like I said, I think Howard Letterer has so much to give as right. far as knowledge no, is and everything else, and and now I wonder what know, he's doing. It's it's huh? If he doesn't play poker, what is he doing? That's a great thing, you know. And listen, 
I don't know how you felt. You know, I, I was disgusted with, with, you know, and now he's in jail, Bill Cosby. Yeah. But a comedian that I loved growing up that had me dying of laughter with his special that he did back in the 80s. I mean, it was just, I saw him live a bunch of times as recently as maybe about six, seven, eight years ago at the Hard Rock, okay, cracking up, and then you hear, you know, it's hard to see, quote, not to say a hero like a sports hero or somebody like that, but someone that you respected to have that kind of a life. Well, he was a... And, uh, and he was demeaning. America's most beloved father on exactly. television. Exactly, and I loved watching his show. You know, I still remember Eddie Murphy once talking about how he was talking to to Richard Pryor because he says I got a phone call from Bill Cosby and he was you know a huge fan of Bill Cosby. Also, Bill Cosby you know dressed him down on the phone call. You know, and <laughs> and he goes, my son went to see you, and when he came back, all he was saying was fill flap flim flam. You know, he's saying all these words for all the curse words. He goes, you know, I, I, I goes. Man, I was upset, and he hung up the phone on me, and I called Richard Pryor, and, you know, I said, this is what just happened, and he goes, Richard Pryor told me, he goes, he goes, Eddie, do the people like you? Yes. Do you get paid real well? He goes, well, then tell, tell Bill Cosby to have a Coke and shut the F up. <laughs> 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 and, you know, and, and I, you know, you see that, and then you would never believe, at first, I don't know how you felt. It's like, oh, this is one woman or, you know, trying to, trying to, you know, exploit a situation. Right. Again, a father of three daughters, you know. I said, no way. There's something would have popped up before this, you know. This is someone trying to take advantage, black, blackmail them. And then all of a sudden it's, it's you know, three or four women, then a dozen 25, women. 25, 30. Oh, my God. You know, th- this guy was a serial <laughs> uh, molester, molester yeah, exactly. you know. And, and, and you wonder. How were they able to keep it this quiet for this long? I mean, well, I don't ever money can often buy their way out of situations. Oh my God! But you know, listen, this long going going back all those years, I, it's amazing to me. You know, it really, and I I can't listen to any of his stuff anymore. And I, and I, you know, I thought I was a humongous fan of Bill Cosby and his personal life and his decisions that he's made have just for me turned me completely off yeah. of him and I'm sure this is how poker players are you know with Howard Letterer you know I don't know if Chris Ferguson's catching any any crap when he goes to these tournaments but all I know is he if is. I yeah, if I is. if I had a lot of money on full tilt and had to wait or it wasn't complete even if I was made completely whole if I was made to wait 3 or 4 or 5 years whatever time frame it was I'd still be really pissed off. Well, I wonder what happened with the guy who had like six million dollars on there. We laughed. Remember the poor guy? <laughs> yeah, he had all. He had ninety-eight percent of his wealth tied up in, in full tilt, and lived in an area where he couldn't play, which was part of our argument. Not just that they that they shut down the site is, you know, that there are parts of this country where it's not easily accessible for people to go play, you know, in a brick and mortar casino. So the the online and you know. Unfortunately, it hasn't man, it hasn't reached outside of the four states that have uh, online poker. And thank you, Pennsylvania, for being the fourth one to get online finally. You know, right? Uh, again, I don't know how you feel about that, Dave, but it's always been something that I've said. Uh, you know, this uh, it really sucks, and and you know what these people did, and what it cost so many people. You know, 
they deserve, like you said, deservedly so, catching a lot of heat for it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's take another break on the show. Uh, when it, one thing I want to talk about when I come back is a event they held at the Venetian out there and uh, the reaction to it for a lot of people. Uh, also, uh, some high hands, uh, big time down here. We mentioned the Hard Rock had one big weekend where they had $5,000 high hands, but that's something you can't do for very long, obviously. No, then it was more of a, like for their opening weekend type right, thing, but, right. but it was a huge success. But I see a lot of stuff at Dania and a few other places, and our newest in South Florida uh, jumping on the bandwagon there, too. So I want to talk about that when we come back. And uh, a couple other things that are going on. Maybe we'll revisit this uh, list of top female players uh, as they look at the GPI women's uh, list going on now. So anyway, we'll come back and uh, handle a few more things when we return. You're listening to Poker Action Line. You can always pick us up on SoundCloud and uh, tweet that show out to your friends. Email the show to your a link to your friends. And then also uh, different places you can get the show. Anywhere you get your podcast, really, but... Poker Fuse podcast page, the Hold'em Radio Network, and Poker Action Line has a page as well where you can visit back last uh, some of the previous shows and do that as well. Anyway, we'll be back with more of the show when we come back. Thanks for being with us tonight. We'll be returned after these messages. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean. You can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available. Welcome back to the show, Big Dave and Joe. And uh, the one thing I wanted to talk about was this tournament. Uh, I want to get your thoughts. Uh, first of all, before we get into this exact one, uh, what do you do as a poker room director when you're trying to come up with something new? There's been these uh, 
Uh, Tony Burns came up with the escalator series where the prizes, uh, the buy-ins increased, and and you could win uh, if you made the final table, you got a free entry into the next one. That w- that has been pretty successful. Uh, just in concepts, uh, what do you try to come up with to do something different? Some people, I, I, a lot of poker room directors are just basically, well, the cash games is really the only thing that matters, so that's all I can well, really do. Well, Dave, unfortunately for most poker rooms here in, in South Florida. That's it. You know, we, we've run the gamut, I, in my opinion, for the most part of uh, tournaments. And who can compete with the Hard Rock now? I mean, I, I believe last week I mentioned uh, on the air some of their tournaments that they're running, you know, daily tournaments that they're running. Some for the, uh, the you know, the WPT include an entry, a $3,500 entry. They've got a, you know, I, I get them going off the top of my head because I don't have it in front of me, but I remember it was like a $65 buy-in, $20,000 guarantee prize pool, winners getting a $3,500 main event seed into WPT. You know, uh, their numbers are just, no one can match them. It's hard to match them. Right. I remember when I was at Dania, you know, three years ago, um, you know, and uh, Omar was the director there. They were running their $10,000 guarantee, $100 Friday nights, and it was it was successful. They always met the guarantee, always went a little bit above it. I remember when I did the same thing on a Sunday, $100 buy-in, you know, uh, $10,000 guarantee. I, I never had to reach into, into the pocket to, to pay for it. You know, and there were some Sundays where we had 140 entries into it. You know, granted, I had a 24-table room back then, so it, we could handle it. Um, but now, you offer those con- you know, those type of uh, t- entries here, and the Hard Rock, you know, is offering a $30,000 guarantee. So, you know, value, unless unless you're getting... 60, 70 entries into a $10,000 guarantee for a $100 buy-in where you're, where you're getting a lot of, you know, uh, value, uh, overlay value on it. Why are you coming into the room? So making these tournaments, um, especially with guarantees, because without guarantees, you barely get enough people to play in it, you know. So... And as a room, it's hard to give a guarantee. I mean, you don't mind reaching into your pockets if you have to. You know, uh, you plan it a month in advance. You, you advertise it, and then, oh, bad weather. Okay, that could be bad luck. You miss by a few players. It's okay. But when you're missing by, you know, 10 15% of what you need to just hit the guarantee, it, it becomes tough. And then at that point, you got to settle on, on hey, how am I going to get my cash games in here? Because if you can't get those players in there and then generate some live games from them as players get eliminated or as the tournament comes to end, you know, if you're, if you're smart, you'll, you'll plan that tournament so that it'll end on a certain time. So players who are still uh, in it still have that itch. You know, I don't know about you, but I know when I've played for a while and, and if I've been successful, I don't want to stop. Yeah. You know, and, and you jump onto a live game. And for players who who are getting eliminated and 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 the rebuy period is over, you want them to stay in. So you make money from the entry fee. Hopefully, it'll it'll either generate an extra two or three tables, or at least maintain an extra two or three tables that may have broken if these players hadn't jumped into the game. 
and now as a as a as a poker director, poker room manager, whatever you want to call them, you know, uh, we tried to do it at Casino Miami, something that worked very well for me in the past. Didn't it did not even scratch the surface really? over here? Um, I mentioned many, many, many years ago, Dave, when we were doing our show on Sunday mornings. Okay, when we first started, the high hands had just you know that this is right when it exploded here in South Florida. If you remember correctly, a few months after we had started, that January, July first, I believe, is when they all started going to that. And the amount of high hands back then, and I'm guilty of putting the highest one as soon as I got back in there, and we were able to open up this room in 2012. You know, we put a $2,000 an hour high hands. I remember the, the 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 explosion. You thought I had given away the secret to uh, to the fountain of youth, you know, with the screaming, people coming up. No, you're lying. No, no, no. And I'm telling you, my phone blew up. Within three to four minutes, my phone wouldn't stop ringing. People who had called other people and, and had my number. Joe, is it real? You guys going to have a $2,000 an hour high hand next Saturday? Yes, yes, yes. And now, now you know, Hialeah. They've seen it all. Hialeah runs 800 every 20 minutes. That's 2,400. They do sometimes every 20 minutes a $1,000 high hand, $3,000. You know, $2,000 no longer, you know, no longer excites anybody. And that was one $2,000 prize for, for, for a whole hour. Now they don't even want to wait a whole hour. You know, they, they want to get paid every 15, 20 minutes. Half hour, it's brutal. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, my God. And I mentioned on, our sh on one of our shows way back then, I, I honestly thought that there were going to be certain rooms and this is way before the hard rock, obviously, you know, was was the animal that it is now, the 800-pound gorilla that it is now, of saying some of the bigger poker rooms back then, like the Isle, um, uh, West Palm Beach Kennel Club, that they were going to put some of some rooms couldn't survive it. Right. Because, I, you know, you, you just do the math on it. And people don't realize that in the state of Florida, outside of the Indians who have their own accord with the state, you know, uh, in our place, uh, we pay a 14%. The, the state taxes you 10% on poker earnings. Regardless of how much you have to take into your pocket to pay for promotions, Dave, if you don't take it out of the, the, the jackpot rake, well, it's coming out of your pocket, but your pocket is being taxed at 10%. But it is a state. And then... Whatever Miami High, oh, excuse me, Casino Miami has a four percent uh, agreement. Uh, their CBA with the highlight players. So for Miami High, uh, for Casino Miami, excuse me, it, the tax is fourteen percent. So if it, so, if you showed ten thousand in rake, fourteen hundred dollars, a thousand is going to the state, four hundred is going to the players fund. So the casino made eighty six hundred. I believe the horses, like in Gulfstream, and when Calder was running. The horsemen have a better uh, rake, and I have no idea what the dog people have, you know, and even though that's going to end soon. But regardless, the state has taken 10% from every paramutual yeah. in the state. Well, all this, all this money for these high-hand jackpots, uh, it's coming out of their jackpot rake over the course of the month. It's not really coming out of their pocket, is oh, it? Oh, of course it is, Dave. Uh, if I offer, I'll give you an example. I, 
I honestly believe like that promotion, in South Florida, funds? in South Florida, the only people that I honestly believe have not reached into their pockets for many, many, many years is Magic City. Everyone else, I guarantee you, is reaching into their pocket to some extent. Even when I was doing extremely successful, you know, back in 2012 when I was producing, you know, 440, 430, 450 a month, okay, my best month was 497. I was just 3,000 shy of half a million dollars. But that month, I gave out $340,000 in promotional high hands and, you know, other promotional things. And I only collected 230 in the jackpot rake. Okay, I'm going to give you a secret right now. Dania, Dania, since they opened up their poker room, now granted, I don't know what's happened since uh, you know David Berman had took over there as director, but by the time I left, and I don't know why they kept these figures, they were over a million dollars into pocket mm. by the time I left when I had my stroke. Okay. So, and I know for a fact that that, that trend just continued for for <laughs> probably until until the change was just recently made. Well, I know that they are doing some uh, pretty ambitious high hands, like three days a week at Dania. Uh, I did want to mention our friends up at the Palm Beach Kennel Club have a big promotion. And this is a, a good angle on this because a lot of times you can just post these uh, high hand giveaways. Of course, you try to promote it on your uh uh, you know, it's your social media, right. you put it in whatever advertising stuff you have. But to be honest, it doesn't really get out there on a big basis. But this is something they're doing over the Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, 500, 500, 1,000 high hands from noon to midnight. Now, I don't know what the breakdown on that or how often, you know, what t- the time periods are. You can check that out on their website. But it's uh, Wednesday the 27th of uh, November, Friday the 29th, and Saturday the 30th. And they're putting out ads on Poker News and all this. They're really trying to promote nationally, which I think is a great idea because a lot of people come to visit relatives for the holidays down in South Florida, coming from all over the country. So let's get a little bit of national advertising out there, which is, I think, is a, a tremendous idea. Well, Dave, you know, I don't know if you remember, and it is a great idea, and I don't know what, what uh, you know, are they putting it in Card Player, Annie Up, the magazine that they you are, write yeah. for? Okay, so think about that. I don't know if you remember in our, our show that we did back in, it was, uh, I still was laughing because uh, you got me the magazine for Card Player, and I remember, I believe it was Parks Casino, took out a two-page ad you know, uh, and the card player. Um, I remember how much that cost back when I was trying to, uh, <laughs> back in 2004. That would have been probably a good sixty to $70,000 for one issue at right, least. Right. Okay, I'm not saying that's how much it was back in, in 2017, I believe it was, or 2016. It was one of those two in June, and they were promoting that they were going to give away $200,000 in in high-hand promotions for the month of June. Think about that. Wow. Okay? $200,000. Dave, you can look in just about any card room here in South Florida who do not have the tables, the action, the players that Parks has. And we're all pay, and we're almost all offering over $200,000. And we were doing it back then. And it was no big deal. Uh, 
here in South Florida. Uh, like I mentioned many years ago, sooner or later the customers, I mean, it's great for the players, uh, but, you know, eventually they become numb to it where, you know, unless you really blow their socks off like you just mentioned at the start of the segment with $5,000 high hand for the hard rock, you know, they've gotten so spoiled the the ones that strictly play for the high hands are not there to really play poker. I had I had three guys. I'll give you an example, real quick. I had three guys arguing on a two four limit game in my room, and I got so damn upset because the reason they were arguing was, well, it was the three of them. It should have been checked down because there was enough money to qualify for the high hand, and one guy bet. So the other one goes, oh well, now I'm going to bet. And I got so upset, I finally said, listen, you guys are here to play poker. I go, so everybody should be betting it to everybody. You have no friends at the table. I go, that's how you're supposed to play poker. And then they didn't know what to say to me. And then one of them who was involved in the argument goes, yeah, you're absolutely right. Which in essence was them telling me, they realized that these, the, they, they, they were so stupid that they were you know, admitting to the fact that they were just checking it down instead of playing poker. And there, and there lies the big problem for the poker rooms having to reach into their pockets, Dave. Yeah, you know, right there. So they they check it down. Um, you know, we've had we've disqualified some high hands because there there isn't enough money in the pot to qualify for the high hand, and then all of a sudden they're giving stupid signals to each other to you know. So so all of a sudden I'm going to bet four because I need six dollars in there. The round is four, so I'm going to bet four, and I'm going to give you some sort of signal. Because you have no reason to call my four because you missed your straight, your flush, you completely busted, but because I gave you the signal, you know, at the end of it, now he gets $400 or whatever the price may be, and then he peels you off 50 or 100 bucks because without you calling those four, that it wouldn't have been possible. Right. So you get that type of collusion in there, and, you know, down here in South Florida, I, again, the only place that I can think that has a reserve of of uh, high hand money is Magic City because yeah. you remember how successful the the, uh, big, slick, the yeah. big slick was, and no one came close. And their tables were packed, and they were only putting so much money. So my guess is they probably have anywhere from a quarter of a million to half a million dollars in reserve for the high hands. Hialeah, who competes with them, um, just add up their money. Just add up what they give away. And you'll see that there's no way that they can generate that unless their room is running right. at close to capacity. Well, that that's just one weekend for Palm Beach that they're going to do that. Just to let you know what the Hard Rock is doing now. We mentioned the really high ones, but you can't do that all the time. So now it, that November rolls around in the new room, uh, Sunday through Thursday, it's 500 every 30 minutes uh, for the almost the entire day, except for the night hours, which it drops down to $100. Uh, on Fridays and Saturdays, it's a thousand dollars every thirty minutes. So they're still doing some huge, big. Uh, You're talking. This is at the. This uh, is at the Seminole Hard Rock. At the Seminole Hard. Yes, but they can afford to yeah, do that. Yeah, they can. They can. They can definitely afford. If they wanted to, they can run that five thousand dollar promotion every hour. Granted, they may not make a lot of money, but they're sure as hell ain't going to lose a whole lot of money. But what they could do is put a lot of their competition, uh, close a lot of rooms. Yeah. All right, because people just can't compete with that, and eventually, you're going to give so much money out of your pocket that you're not making any profit, yeah, whatsoever. Well, I want to switch over to this uh, event at the Venetian, uh, which is the Sheldon Adelson property. 
that a lot of people hate. Uh, you know, it is a nice room, and they do some good things as well there. But they, in September, they had a tournament, uh, a series called the Lucky Shot Poker Series and Drawing. So they, uh, a lot of people said, well, that's just an attempt to merge poker with the casino game crowd uh, by giving away $52,000 in drawings in addition to the poker tournament. So they had a main event, which was a $150,000 guaranteed tournament, $250 buy-ins, and they called it uh, a guaranteed prize pool in the most literal sense possible, which is no matter how many entries, uh, the prize pool would still be 150000 So when it went short, you know, it was going to cost them. If they went over, they they made more money, obviously. So they needed 600 uh, entries to break even on the guarantee. And, of course, there was the 52000 in drawings. Uh, in the end, uh, there was 645 entries. So about they broke out of... Well, I don't want to say they broke out even. Yeah, it was around they even. They made a few they, dollars uh, because... They only collected 11000 a little over 11000 in rakes. So, uh, good deal for the players, but uh, there was a lot of talk when they were headed into the final day, which was uh, of the series. There were six opening sessions, uh, 1A through 1F, and after day 1E, there was 353 entries. So yeah, there was so a they huge were going overlay. way short. Yeah, you know, it was a huge uh, overlay for the players. At least sixty thousand short of their target number, and uh, so what happened? Well, the people came out big time on the final day, which upset a lot of people because uh, a lot of the poker experts, Doug Polk and uh, this writer Mo Nuara, who wrote this story, said that the com- poker community had a chance to really send a message. Stick it to them. Yeah. Uh, Doug Polk had uh, hashtag boycott the Venetian, and he said this represented a great chance to send a message. We won't tolerate trash poker formats whose purpose is solely to rake dollars out of players' pockets. Not only that, you know, constantly being against the uh, (laughs) Internet poker and fighting it at every, every, you know, at every level and step, but... You know, people saw the overlay, yeah, and figured, hey, you know, if it gets up to four fifty, that's still a huge overlay, where they need over six thousand with the fifty-two. 000. That's just for the the hundred and fifty thousand uh, dollar guarantee, and not to mention the fifty-two thousand dollar in uh, drawings, you know, raffle drawings, whatever it is that they were going to be doing, Dave. Yeah, well, uh, the the thought was that you know they could have stuck it to them basically. But uh, the people taking away from it is that poker players will use the value, and it's more important than any of the other considerations. Well, that's just what I mentioned there, the overlay. That's probably why they got, you know, they didn't think so many of them would come out. But you know what? You know, they saw that big overlay. At that point, what was it, 383, you said? So I was 217 away. From from just breaking even on that guarantee, they'd lose the fi- they'd still have an overlay on the on the drawing on the fifty two thousand. Yeah, they they did take it in the shorts a little bit on that, but uh, but the, this guy says the Venetian needn't fear potential overlays because at the end of the day, players will always flood through the door the second they smell even the faintest chance of free money. Yeah. So you know that that is and that's exactly why I said that they got to those numbers, you know. So. Um, (laughs) 
It is. You're not going to get that to change, Dave. Yeah. Ever for tournament poker players, think about it. If if you need a hundred to, to to break even, and there's only sixty with an hour to go, you say to yourself, "Well, listen, you know what? Maybe I should just uh, register right now because even if they get twenty more, we still got a twenty percent overlay, on our, you know, advantage." Right. So. That, I believe, is going to always be the case. I don't see that ever changing, no matter who the owner of the poker room is. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, one thing I did also want to mention was the ladies' list on the GPI. Let's just quickly run down that for you. Uh, Kristen Bicknell, looking for her third third title, is uh, the, the leader. Maria Ho is currently in second. She won a big high roller earlier in the year and finished uh, third down here in April at the Seminole Hard Rock Poker Showdown. Three other final table finishes, uh, including a 5K at the WSOP. Um, Jessica Dolly, who won the big tournament down here in uh, the uh, Big Four, uh, she is in third. Lonnie Harwood, who also lives down here now, is in fourth. Natalie Tay, fifth. Uh, Lee Yan is in sixth. Maria Lampropoulos, Kitty Quo, and... Uh, See, also rounding out the top ten, Lauren Roberts and Anna Marquez. So those are your top women players right now. Uh, pretty huge accomplishment. We got a chance to interview uh, Kristen Bicknell. I guess it's been about a little over a year. Uh, we had her on the show. Um, third year in a row as the ladies champ, but she that's not good enough for her as far as she wants to be one of the top players in the world, not the top w- women players. So I, I don't think there's any woman her. out there that wants to be just the top. It's great to have that title. But, you know, you want to be known as one of the great poker players, period. Yeah. But, uh, you know what, Dave? Uh, I can't recall now. Has it been three years with this November that we stopped the November 9? That I kind of... I think it is, yeah. This is the third year, right? I kind of miss it. Even though we know there's so much poker going on, it would have been this week. That's, That's what I've been thinking about, and I look forward to that so much. You know, that final table, the build up. Our shows used to always lead up to that, starting in September. Um, still miss that a little bit. Yeah, me too. You know, I, don't get me wrong. I enjoyed the hell out of watching the the final tables the last few years in July, a day or two after they they got to the final table. But uh, there was something to be said for this buildup, you know, which at first I didn't like, and then I hated when when they when they took it away from us. So. Um, uh, just thinking about the, the, the main event right now yeah. <laughs> in November. So yeah, Absolutely. Uh, one final bit of news coming out of Las Vegas was uh, a brand new uh, casino, which is going to open out there called uh, Drew Las Vegas. Uh, the project was originally known as, uh, going to be known as Fountainbleau Las Vegas, but that project went bankrupt and wasn't finished. A company called Whitcoff came in and uh, purchased uh, the unfinished resort for $600 million back in 2017. Anyway, uh, this opening is going to be in the second quarter of 2022, but announced today that the CEO is going to be Bobby Baldwin. Huh. Big name in the, in the poker community, obviously a four-time World Series of Poker bracelet winner, and he will be vice chairman of this company and the CEO of True Las Vegas. So... Uh, one of the things that I wasn't aware of was this building is going to be the biggest, the tallest building in Las Vegas outside of the stratosphere. Hmm. So, uh, and where is it being built? It's uh, down by the 
Um, let's see. I did have this here. Oh, across from Circus Circus. Oh, and Circus Circus. Down which, on the Strip, on the north which, end of the Strip. Which our fine owner at Casino Miami just bought, just a roughing. Yeah, exactly. So. A lot of competition out there, obviously, but uh, the tallest real estate in Vegas set to open in second quarter of 2022, where they'll have that uh, high-speed train probably done by then. Sure. The Raiders will be So we're in looking Vegas. at a little over two and a half years. Yeah, so a lot of excitement going on out there, as usual. Uh, Baldwin has uh, been at the helm of many resorts in Vegas over the years, including the Mirage, the Bellagio, and City Center was the most recent uh, that he moved over from. So, uh, very highly respected name. Bobby's Room was a, yeah. was a big place at out the there Bellagio. for people to play at the Bellagio. And uh, he's now 69 years old, so he will uh, start his position immediately, and that should be pretty interesting. Anyway... <coughs> That's going to do it for the show. Uh, I do want to mention that uh, the Deep Stack Charity Classic is in here in town. Uh, used to be played every year in Daytona Beach, but is now for the last, I think this will be the third year at the Isle. Uh, the hosts include Phil Helmuth, uh, Mike Sexton, Norman Chad, and then our good friends uh, Linda Johnson and Jan Fisher. Uh, there will be over $70,000 in prize money, the top 10% awarded. First place is going to be over 11th grand. Uh, and the, the great thing about this is not only do they have some great uh, dinners and and uh, parties and stuff, there's extra tournaments, including a Beat the Brat against Helmuth. Uh, they're going to have a... They always have those special prizes for the right. first royal yeah, or something. Yeah, the first royal flush is a right, Rolex. Yeah, Rolex, exactly. A uh, chance to win a $100,000 car loaded up with cash in the trunk. And I think all finalists, all final table people all get some sort we'll of entry. We'll be sent to Vegas later in the year. Sent to Vegas with yeah. some sort of entry. I, I believe they're their. doing that again. Uh, that will be at the Venetian. The Venetian tied in with this tournament. So whether we like the, the tournament they just threw or not, he... Uh, they do a lot of great things for poker. Uh, Norman Chad has a horse tournament, uh, and Linda and Jan have a Legends of Poker event that goes throughout the weekend. So that is all at the aisle this weekend. Uh, I would think that the main is probably sold out, but it uh, should be a lot of fun and probably get to see a lot of uh, celebrities and that type of thing. Uh, the main event, Sunday the 10th at noon. So uh, that's going to do it for the show tonight. We appreciate you for listening in, and we'll be back again next week. See what's going on around town this week and uh, be back with a report on next week's show. Joe, thank you very much as usual. Gio, again, thank you as always. And we'll be back with another show next week. Poker Action Line. Uh, tell your friends about us and uh, send them a copy of the show and invite them to follow us on SoundCloud. The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies. 